Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello and welcome to AB Cinema. I'm your host, Bailey, and on today's episode, we will be discussing Werewolf by Night. I had the chance to watch it earlier today, and so I'm giving you my review now. So let's get started with a little synopsis of what Werewolf by Night is about. Werewolf by Night starts at a funeral, and it follows the death of Ulysses Bloodstone, and him, his final request is to bring all of these monster hunters together to try to find one monster that he has trapped. And so they have to go through a labyrinth to try to find the monster and to kill the monster in order to obtain a prized possession, which is the Bloodstone. And this Bloodstone grants powers like superhuman strength, agility, and quickness. And so it's, it's just a really powerful gem that these people are going to be fighting after. And the cool thing about the stone is that it it weakens the the monster that it is around. So if it is used on a monster, it, it makes it so they are not as strong as they are as they are. So they put the in the plot they put this bloodstone on the monster and these monster hunters have to go find it. And that plays a very important part later on in the show. So I'll I'll keep I'll refrain from using spoilers for the time being, but let's just get into it. So let's just start off with Gail Garcia Bernal as the werewolf by night or Jack Russell. And so this this is a really cool performance that I think he gave. He's previously starred in movies like Old, Coco, and a couple other of other things. And I think his performance really showed a character who was who felt like he had this power under control throughout the whole entire show he he seemed calm and collected and it was really cool to see somebody who feels like who who feels calm about this thing and is thrown into a situation that he can't control so i really enjoyed that aspect of this and i'm really excited to see this character in future mcu projects and so I, I think the cool thing about this, I, I will be getting into a little bit of spoilers. Since he does feel like he has this power under control, I think in the future we'll see a version where he where he tries or where he becomes the werewolf by night at will. And I think that's gonna be a really cool thing to see. Maybe in a future Halloween special we may get the continuation of Jack Russell's stories. And, and the cool thing is, in the comics, there's there's this iteration where he meets the three who are, which are beings that enable him to use this power at will, except for that night of the full moon, where he has no control over the power. And so it's, it's a really cool experience, not cool experience, it's a really cool 
comic that I hope we get to see come to fruition one day. And then let's move on to Elsa Bloodstone, played by Laura Donnelly, who has starred in shows like The Nevers, Outlander, and more. I think she gave a really strong performance and felt like somebody who could handle a monster. Her fighting reminded me, the choreography reminded me of Black Widow, and I thought that was really cool, and it honestly reminded me of her in some ways. And the character from the comics seems like a... The best way I could explain it is that she is the supernatural fighter version of Black Widow. And I think that's really exciting, and I hope to get more of that character later on in the MCU. And she's showed up in teams like Midnight Suns, and I think having a character like that could really help bring a sense of familiarity to people who really loved the Black Widow character in the Avengers movies. And so I, I think that would be a really fun thing to see in the future. At some point, maybe we get a couple specials leading up to a massive special or a Disney Plus movie that has these characters in it, creating the Midnight Suns. And I think her history, which they tease out a little bit with the family, the Bloodstone family, I think getting a little bit more exposition on that would really bring out a lot more with Laura Donnelly's character. And I would be really excited to see that as well. And then we have Man-Thing, Ted, the star of the show. <laughs> no, he, he stole the show, but he is played by Carrie Jones, who is known for playing Black Santin in Book of Boba Fett, who was probably one of the highlights of that show, for me at least. And the cool thing about Man-Thing is that this was a character that wasn't originally planned to be in this show, but Kevin Feige requested that Man-Thing be in the show, and so, which is interesting because Man-Thing is central to the plot of the monster hunt, and so it's really fascinating to me how this came together, and I'm curious to know the behind the scenes of it, and I'm sure we'll get a little bit more when the, the assembled documentary for Werewolf by Night comes out. I'm, I'm just really excited to see what happens and to get a little bit more details on how they came about bringing this character to life. And so the cool thing about Man-Thing is that he is the nexus of all realities and it's such a big thing for the MCU and we've learned a little bit about nexus characters and what they mean. Um, I can't remember the term they use it in the MCU, but Wanda Maximoff, for example, is one of them. She's a nexus being where, whereas she is the same in every single universe. And so it's, it's really exciting to get Man-Thing in here and being part of that and having harnessing those powers of being the nexus of all realities. And we didn't get a glimpse of that at all, but we did, we did learn his name and we learned a little bit about his relationship with Werewolf by Night. And I really do think that he stole the show a couple times, and it was really fun to see how he was portrayed. It was, it, honestly, to me, it felt like there were certain scenes where when he moved, it felt a lot like King Kong or Godzilla in the classic movies where, where they would move a little, like almost like it was stop motion animation. And it was really cool to see that. And I, I don't know if it was just me watching this at five o'clock in the morning or having this 
my my brain might have been turned off while I was watching it, but it I don't know if it was CGI or animatronic in certain pot spots, but it was really I know that it was played by Kate, Carrie Jones, but I I do think that they they may have done some camera trick to make it look like that, and so I could be call me out if I'm just seeing things, but I really enjoyed his character and it was really cool and brought a level of realism that I. I know it was fake, but it was really fun to see this character in this costume and and seeing this character come to life. And I think he's going to be a key player when it comes to Secret Wars, which I'll get to at the end of this review. So my overall thoughts are that I want to see more of this character, and I hope that we get to see more monsters and monster specials soon because it was so fun to watch seeing it in black and white really did feel like watching a monster movie from universal a classic film and so it was it was just really fun it didn't feel overwhelming to watch like i didn't feel like oh great i have to watch next week's episode to to get an idea of where this is of where this is going and so i I'm really excited to see what they do with this character, these characters moving forward. I want to see more of them. I want to see a Midnight Suns project. And maybe Blade will lead into that a little bit heavily. But I'd be really interested to see a Monster Hunter team fighting characters like Dracula and Frankenstein if, if they bring Frankenstein into it. So it, it would be really fun to just get Marvel's twist on classic characters, even if they aren't from the comics. So I'd be really curious to see that. Um, let me just say, I, I hope that the future of Disney Plus and the MCU moving forward leans more heavily into these specials than it does into the TV shows. The TV shows are great for what they are sometimes. I think that certain characters would benefit more from specials rather than a drawn out plot of a TV show. Characters like Moon Knight, I think, would have would have done way better if it was a special, because it gets to the point really quickly, and you aren't burdened by having to wait each week to be disappointed. And I think that's that that would have really helped the character to feel a little bit more a little bit more small scale, which is what they were aiming for. And I I don't think that the show did well for that, but I hope that other people feel the same way that Marvel starts to lean more into these specials rather than six to ten episode series although like characters like Daredevil I want to see more of that I think that that character benefits from a longer storyline but other characters that may not be as popular like Moon Knight even Miss Marvel which is a show that I loved I think would benefit way more from a special rather than a, a drawn-out show and the thing I loved about this is it didn't feel like a weekly chore to finish. And I was really happy with watching this. And it, it felt like a mini-movie. And it was really cool to see it. And I would love to see more of them. And to even culminate into one bigger Disney Plus movie. And, and getting that and seeing how it ties into the MCU would be really fun. Like, a Midnight Sun special would be a blast. Even if it's just 50 minutes. It's a quick episode. And it wouldn't feel like a burden to watch. I hope that we get that in the MCU. 
that wraps up my review for Werewolf by Night. If I were to give it a final grade, I would probably give it an A. Um, I, I think it could have benefited from a little bit more, and maybe it's just my wants of having that, that, the, um, the credit scene. There wasn't a credit scene in this end or mid. Credit scenes were just absent from it, which was fine for what it was. And maybe that's what they're going to do with the specials, like have them be one-offs. And I think that's what they're wanting with this. And so they don't want to feel like, oh, let's go back and revisit this character. But I, I do think that I want more of this character, and I hope we see more of this char these characters. And I hope that in the future that we will see more of them. And so that's, that's why it's just brought down to an A. And it's, it may be very petty of me to, to not be happy about the credit scenes and setting up something else, but I understand that's not what this is, and so it's just my pettiness coming into play. So my final grade is an A, and we'll give we'll get an, a score from Adam later on when, when I record with him again next. So my Secret Wars theory, let's move on to that. I think that this will tie in in a very particular way. In the Secret Wars comic book from Jonathan Hickman, there essentially what happens is Doom becomes the God Emperor Doom and essentially creates his own world out of several different worlds. There's an incursions that occur where worlds are starting to collide and rather than just having one world come out on top, Doctor Doom takes aspects of each of those worlds, like Wakanda has a place, and there are th hundreds of Thors from Asgard from different universes, and there's an X-Men faction with Apocalypse leading that, and, and Mr. Sinister is in there as well, and there are just so many different factions, and that's the best way I could describe it, is these different factions on this place called Battleworld. And essentially, there's there's different factions for each of the different areas of and universes of the Marvel Universe. So, like, we would have Spider-Man in there and have the Spider-Man world in there. And there's the Fantastic Four that are kind of, they're separated, and it, there's some really cool stuff with that that I think would be really fun to see adapted. And maybe we'll see that start to come to fruition in the Fantastic Four movie. But anyway, what I'm getting at is these factions. There is one where there is an area of undead. And so, for example, if you remember in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there's the zombie strange or the dead strange that that our MCU Doctor Strange day walks or dream walks in and um, I think that my my theory is that rather than having this zombified area which we may still get that or a version of that I think that the monsters that we're going to be introduced to in the MCU like Man-Thing and Werewolf by Night and Dracula potentially from if the rumors are true about Blade I think they'll start to show up in this undead faction or zombified faction of of the MCU of Battleworld 
And so I don't know how that will play into the MCU version. It's just my working theory so far of how I think that they're going to play this out if they are going to bring these characters into Secret Wars, which I think would be very beneficial if they did. But I do hope that we get to see these monsters in that movie uh, because it's very ambitious and very big, and I think it would really benefit the story if they were to be introduced into that movie as well. But that rounds up my my theory about about Secret Wars and how this ties into Secret Wars. And so I'm very hopeful that we'll get to see more of it. And that wraps up my theory and my review of how Werewolf by Night will lead into Secret Wars. Thank you all for tuning in for today's episode of, of AB Cinema. And as always, keep watching movies.